All right, and we're live. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cartel Aristocrats. Uh, as you can guess, if you're a longtime listener, uh, I don't usually do the introductions. It's only when Jeremy's gone. And Jeremy is very sick and unable to speak right now. So that makes it doing a podcast quite difficult. I shared a room with him at Toronto. So you're all welcome because I was sick then. Yeah. So if you're keen here for the puns, you might as well turn it off now. Uh, we're probably not going to be, you know, indulging in his uh, absence. So uh, with every cast, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Gathering Magic and CoolStuffInc.com, who have provided us with gift certificates certificates to give away with free shipping on orders of a hundred dollars or more and a $25 buy list bonus. Uh, cool stuff is your store for all your magic, the gathering needs. So joined with me this week are my ever faithful co-hosts, Ed Wynn of, uh, Kerwan's game store and not whatever Jeremy says. You're just going to wave. You're not going to say hello to all the people that are listening to the only audio cast. Oh, hello. All right, hi, Ed. You're a man of few words, apparently, this week. And uh, Travis Allen is joined us as always. Afternoon, everyone. It's like 7.30 at night. How's it afternoon? Uh, everywhere that isn't the East Coast, it would be afternoon. Also, oh, you can argue the evening starts at like 7 or 8 o'clock. I bridge the evening starts when it's dark outside. It is solidly dark outside. It's been uh, dark outside for hours. On the East Coast. <laughs> Maybe people are listening to it in the afternoon at work. You don't freaking know. All right. Well, if you are listening to it in the afternoon, please let us know in the comments um, on gatheringmagic.com when our podcast goes up. Do not let us know in the comments what time you're listening to this podcast. Especially let us know the time that you're listening to the podcast because it'll make Travis unhappy. <laughs> so uh, every week we have a credit winner. Um, we give away $25 in cool stuff store credits. So before we get started with the rest of the cast, I guess we'll start with that because I don't want to forget. So our, uh, our winner this week is Grant Kleppinger. I'm going to hope that I said that right. Uh, Grant asks in cast number 85, Travis mentioned the unstable tokens as potential long, long term specs. Specifically, what are your thoughts on the unstable vampire token? Uh, the Unstable Vampire token has the original art in addition to the foiling and double siding from Innistrad, which retails for about $2 and buy list for about a dollar. Currently, you can buy these for approximately $0.50. Cents. This seems hard to lose long-term. What do you? What do each of you think? Thanks for your input. I re really appreciate all the work you do and each of your perspectives. Um, I guess I'll start here. Really, I think part of the reason why the Innistrad one's so expensive is because it was so rare. Uh, there wasn't a common or uncommon that I can remember that made a 2-2 vampire token. They were mostly zombies, so it was really just a rarity issue. Uh, in addition to the fact that the card that made the 2-2 vampires was a rare that used a lot of them. Um, it was the flip vampire whose name I can't remember at the moment. Someone help me. Bloodline Keeper? Yep, that's it. So Bloodline Keeper is the most popular card that makes the 2-2 Vampire tokens. Uh, is a rare, so like the tokens were not that common in the booster packs themselves. And then also, you needed a bunch of them for that card, because you just didn't... It wasn't like you just made one. Um, so while the foil ones, I think, are definitely more cool, and the full art... Like the foil slash full art ones are definitely more appealing, 
they are there's just so many more of them that they're probably not going to ever get that expensive uh well it's responding question was on my picks i guess i'll go um i was unaware that they were the same art as the innistrad token uh, I also would not place too much faith in the Innistrad token being an indicator of price there. I imagine that being kind of on its own uh, vector in terms of price growth <clears throat> for some of the reasons Jim talked about. However, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm serious, I'm still getting over cold. Um, you know, if they're 50 cents or less right now for the unstable ones, I do still like those as a long-term gainer. Vampires is a very popular casual format. They tend to spit out a lot of tokens. Um, and I would be reasonably confident we won't see foil tokens like this too much, especially not ones like the unstable stuff. I feel like Wizards likes to leave the unstable, the treats and unstable to themselves and not reproduce those. So, you know, if you're picking them up at 30, 40 cents, even 50 cents, you know, I don't think they're going to be $20, but I do think that they're going to be pretty healthy gainers over the long term. The question is, where's the what about the opportunity cost? Uh, you know, if you're thinking about spending $20, $50, $200 on these tokens, and that's money that you then are not going to spend on something else, it could take a while to get there, and I can't make any promises, so maybe it's not your best choice. If sinking 50 bucks into this isn't a problem and isn't going to restrict your spending anywhere else, it's not terrible. Um, and they're cool to have too, right? Like these are the kind of card, these are the type of things I don't mind buying for myself because I can buy a hundred of them and then I have them and I can use them. And if they ever get expensive, then I can ship them. So you've kind of got that working for you as well. I think now, I'm, oh, sorry. And now Ed. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week, like the uh, reprint front stable is definitely smaller than expected. Last week, I mentioned that we were allowed a weekly allotment of six cases directly through Wizards. A lot of the distributors are either out of stock or getting there. The past week, the restock email from uh, Wizards of the Coast Direct no longer has Unstable on there, which means you can no longer order it through Wizards of the Coast, which makes me think that they're basically out of stock. This reprint wave was very, very small compared to what it has been for most other restocks in the past. Uh, similar to what I said last week, we've been selling more unstable lands once people have realized that there really isn't being that much more unstable supply being injected into market. So it's kind of these oddity types items like these like foil tokens, double-sided tokens, the unstable lands. I would not be surprised to start see, see these start creeping up in price uh, in the market, mainly because people like them, they're popular, they're very unique. In a year from now, it's probably going to be pretty hard to find these things, especially since the amount of people who are actually opening unstable product is getting pretty low, mainly because I see a fair amount of people buying boxes and either tucking them away with the intent of drafting them at a later time because I think they did a really good job of making this a pretty fun draft format. And I think that's something that people would probably like to recreate the experience instead of just, just busting boxes just to get the basic land or whatnot at this point so i do not think some of these kind of unstable novelty items are the worst things to hold on long term the the one other thing i did not mention but i think i talked about last week but just as a refresher people are not buying one or two of these like they're gonna buy probably at least five at a time and i mean if i was buying for my edh deck like my cdc deck i'd buy 30 right like so you'll see a guy with like 200 of them for sale 
but 200 foil tokens is like 10 buyers not not you know as opposed to seeing like 200 people selling you know or some guy with 200 copies of carnage tyrant which is obviously a lot more people buying going to require a lot more people to buy the card to get through that inventory than you would on the tokens yep i think we've summed that up pretty well so grant if you whenever you get a chance when you listen to this cast you can send me a message on twitter or facebook or you can email us at cartelaristocrats at gmail.com and i will send you your 25 dollar uh, store credit to Cool Stuff Inc. And if there's any listeners that want to win next week, you need to post a question on the Gathering Magic page for our cast, which should be going up Tuesday, February 20th, and uh, leave a question there and then listen to the next cast. And if you get chosen, then you can win some store credit. Uh, so, Ed, what was on our docket for this week? Uh, I, I think kind of the biggest thing, even though it's not really new news anymore, is uh, the banner restricted announcement last week. So for those people who have been living under a rock, uh, modern pretty big changes. Uh, Jace and Bloodbraid Elf are both unbanned. Um, I believe this is the first time they've unbanned a card in modern in two years at this point. Is that right? It hasn't been that long, has it? Because I believe um... there. I believe the last change, the last time like there was anything significant modern was two years ago, Pro Tour Otha Gatewatch. And by April, they had uh, they banned Eye of Ugin. But I don't uh, believe we've seen anything unbanned since then. So I'm feel wow. free to... Yeah, April was April 2016. Ancestral Vision and Sword of the Meek were unbanned. So not quite two years, but 20 months. Yeah, so just about then. Yeah. Um, obviously, modern has undergone some pretty drastic changes. Uh, you can whether or not the format is healthy is kind of up for debate. Obviously, there were a lot. There's quite a bit of outrage after the Pro Tour about Lantern. There was obviously quite a bit of outrage after Boggles won the Modern GP by my uh, former roommate Dan Ward. Shout out to him. Um, but obviously, that came with a pretty big shakeup. Now we have two new cards that have been unbanned. Blood Raid Elf was banned. Towards the very beginning of modern, once it uh, once it kind of caught on that Deathrite Shaman plus B- Bloodbraid Elf was a pretty potent combo. I believe Jace was banned since the original iteration of modern. I think this is the first time yeah. we've seen it. Yep. So obviously, there's plenty been plenty of words like Rin spoken about this. I'm sure you guys have all had your own discussions. So I think the more interesting thing is what is happening to the modern market now that this happened. Obviously, like. The initial wave we saw Blood Raid Elf and Jace go up in value. Jace like doubled, more than doubled. I think I think on Monday the ones we put online that we had in stock, we were listing them at like one twenty five or so. Um, it seems like it's gone down a little bit since then. It still is pretty high since it only has three printings, one of which is pretty undesirable. Um, but now we're starting to see kind of some of the. The cards that play well with Bloodbraid Elf and Jace go up. I think this past weekend, most recently, Liliana is hitting $100. Snapcaster is getting up there. Colgan's Command. Like, these are all cards, obviously, that play well with them. Uh, Colgan's Command, Liliana play well with Bloodbraid Elf. Snapcaster plays well with Jace. Um, I think there's a lot of speculation that Blue White Control, this is probably the finishing tool of choice. So, we've already seen cards like Celestial Colonnade. Search for Ascanta, all these cards go up. 
Um, like, like I guess, like what people want to know is like, what's next? Like, are they like? So, the first initial question is, how much of an impact do these cards actually have on modern? And the second question is, what cards will also be impacted as a result of, um, of this? Like, are we gonna see a new decks? Are we gonna see an like? good additions like is jund is it gonna be jund and blue white again or like what's gonna happen kind of going forward uh with these unbannings i guess this is that's always a tricky question and i would advise our listeners to take with a grain of salt uh any input that comes too confidently from anyone who's not a pro player or who you know who doesn't generate content like that like we can all take our best shots to try and figure out where the market's gonna go but where it's really gonna go is the decks that are good and like nobody producing finance content is a strong enough player that you should, if I say this deck is gonna be awesome because of Jace, you shouldn't listen to me. You shouldn't listen to anyone that writes finance content who says that. You should listen to people like Todd Stevens and Ross Merriam and those types of people who are like, hey, this deck is great because of Jace. And then you listen to us and we go, hey, if they say this deck is good, this is the card to buy in it. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're out there listening to what people put forth as ideas because stuff that sounds really cool uh you just you just have to be wary is my point be wary of what you're hearing from people yeah i totally agree like the only things that i've recommended to people at this point are lands honestly like any lands that don't get reprinted in masters 25 like main lands and and fetch lands and stuff like that those are the those are the things that are for sure if the deck gets really popular will get really expensive <laughs> which ones are the ones that people are going to play is still up in the air. Like it's pretty, it's I'm pretty confident that whatever Bloodbraid Elf deck ends up being good is probably going to play Raging Ravine because they're just very good together. Like that's just the, those two cards just synergize so well. I also think that Celestial Colony could also be a really powerful card with a Jace deck, but it might not play white. So that's like still a risk, uh, and it might not go up, but. If you were thinking about playing a Jace deck with Celestial Colonnade anyway, there's no reason to wait. So, yeah, I definitely agree with Travis says, watch watch the people that are playing with Jace. Watch the people that are playing Moto. Um, I've seen a lot of videos from Jeff Hoogland playing Blood Raid Elf decks and Jace decks. And, you know, figure out what you want to play and then buy the cards for that deck, probably. That, that would be my best guess. Or just, like, wait for some results and then we'll see which, which decks are winning and which where the weak links are where like, where the, the supply constraints because that's basically where we're going to run into at this point that said uh so far it sounds like taking turns is an early front runner for decks people think are getting better um i know i saw sean mclaren streaming it the other night he you know first time streaming in like six months just shoved three or four jaces into the deck and took it right to the tables sorry my printer is running in the background um so jace is really good in taking turns uh, so, you know, you're going to look at the time walk style effects are going to be good in there. I went looking for foil exhaustions today because there's only one foil printing of that card, but of course there's none left in stock. Um, yeah, the blue, white, blue, black controller are going to be good homes for it. I'm excited. Like I'm excited. I don't really play modern anymore, but if I were, if I were sleeving up cards and I own a place out of Jace's, I would be excited about Arbor Elf and Utopia Sprawl. That's a, always been a pretty powerful one, two punch in modern, but it feels like you've never had enough four drops and like enough weight in the middle of the deck to really make it good enough. And like being able to turn to Jace would just be, would be awesome. But I don't know if it's actually good enough, <laughs> but stuff, and stuff like that's gonna be pretty cool. 
Right. So basically, um, at this point, we're just waiting for spoilers for M25 or A25, I think is the. the yeah, A25. This is anniversary 25, I think. I because I assume because they're holding off M25 because they're bringing core sets back. So maybe in seven years, there will be an M25. I don't know. Oh, the other thing I wanted to point out uh, this past weekend, the we had the mod, the Star City Modern open as well as GP Lion. The uh, Jason Bloodbraid were not legal at those events. So don't take the lack of them as proof that the cards aren't good enough. Uh, shout out to the unnamed Star City personality who tried to use this weekend's results as proof that Jace isn't good enough, even though Jace wasn't legal in the event. So props to you, buddy. Um, there was a modern challenge that fired where Jace and Bloodbraid were legal. Uh, definitely saw both of them. Not the greatest looking format when you're looking over what archetypes you're going to have to play against in modern. Um, so, you know, that's worth taking a look at, but keep in mind too, that Jace is currently the most expensive card on Magic Online. So there's might be a real availability issue for people, uh, especially this early, like the card's really expensive. And if you don't know where to play it yet, I think there's probably a lot of people that might be a little gun shy and not sure what to do with it yet. You gotta give the guys who know what they're doing time to kind of crank out some lists and get some places with them before we really start to see uh, people focus their efforts once they, you know, once they know where they're going basically. Yeah, I, I think like to kind of wrap up what both uh, Travis and Jim have said and just to kind of some closing thoughts on this, uh, the whole thing. If you're patient, it a lot uh, the question that most people seem to ask in kind of MGG finance is I'm looking to buy card X. Should I wait or should I buy it now? Um, or should I wait and or sell it now? Um, I think the I think kind of the takeaway is that use your best judgment. Um, obviously like what I have to tell you, what these guys have to tell you, what any finance related, uh, content producer, what have you, um, we don't know. We're guessing we're just kind of using past experience, past trends to make a guess. It's ultimately, usually if you can afford to wait, you should wait unless you have some pressing reason to play modern this weekend for some big tournament or something. Like you, you're probably better off waiting until uh, Masters Twenty Five spoilers starts next week. There's again, you have real no. Re there really isn't a reason to rush out just buy cards right now. I think the people who paid a hundred plus dollars on Jace, I think that's extremely foolish. We know it's an incoming reprint. Whether or not it drops substantially is kind of up in the air. But again, if you can afford to wait, what it's February nineteenth. It's the the uh, new master set comes out in less than one month. Unless you have some pressing reason to have to play Jace in less than one month, you're probably better off waiting. Um, as for selling, it you know the old principle holds true: leave ten percent for the next person. These cards have spiked. Many of these cards are spiking. Unless you absolutely need them to be playing in an event, I would sell them. Uh, that being said, if you do have an event or you just want to play them and get out of the way now, there's really no shame in buying a set a set of Blood Raid Elves for yourself. If you think that, hey, I'm going to be like, you know, I've been playing Jun for a while. I want a place at Blood Raid Elves. I'm going to continue playing this deck. Lock it in. Keep playing them. Great. You got use out of them. So. Well, stomaching the seven or six bucks a copy for the Blood Raid Elves is a little different than stomaching the $120 for a copy of Jace. That's true. But, like, honestly, at this point, you're, if, they're, if, if Blood Raid Elves is going to get reprinted, which it very well may well be in the set, 
you're paying a premium for three weeks of play. Like, there's only three weekends before now and the release of Masters 25. So that's really, it's just up to you whether or not you think that you're going to get enough play out of them in three weeks that you don't mind your Jaces dropping $20 a copy because that's, like, entirely a possibility. I, I have a couple thoughts here. The first is I actually advocated on Twitter earlier this week that on, like, well, oh, God, wait, today's Monday. Uh, as of like Wednesday or Thursday last week, I think it was probably Thursday. I said, if you haven't, if you've got Jace's and you haven't sold them online yet, <laughs> I actually suggested waiting because I knew this weekend wasn't a modern event where Jace would be present. And this coming weekend, as in like a couple days from now, there will be the first like weekend Jace is legal. And I think the price drop between like today and a week from today will be nominal if Jace doesn't blow out this weekend's events. But if Jace is really good this coming weekend, we could see prices surge by a large margin. So I would actually hold my Jace's at the moment. Um, but Ed, is Masters 25, what's the distribution on that? Does that is that going out to big box stores? It for sure is. It is. It, is. it has been confirmed, yes. It was confirmed. So like, do you really think Jace can create, I mean, Crater, like, if he's a chase, he's going to be the chase mythic in that set right now that he's legal. But if they put like anything else in there, it feels like he could still hang $120 as long as he's reasonable in the format. I mean, the other issue is like, how much did they print of it? Like, clearly wow. they want to sell all of it. So there's there's some some middle ground between printing too much and printing too little. Which side are they going to err on? Like, if they're delivering the big box stores. <laughs> And you can buy booster packs for ten dollars. Like everything else in this, it has to be worth basically nothing. Otherwise, the Jace will will fall, right? Like because if the average price of a boost, if the average value of the booster pack is more than ten dollars, that people are going to buy and open them. Yeah, I mean, they could Tarmogoyf them, right? Where they just print them a million times until his price is a quarter of what it was. But, and they could have, they could have gone with the intention of making masters 25, a huge print run, knowing that Jace's price would spike really hard and they want to crush it. Um, and if it's anything like iconic masters where nobody gives a shit about the cards in it, that's also going to hurt. But if it's a semi decent set and it's not a massive print run, I think Jace could stick. His price could stick pretty well, especially if he's decent in the format. I think there is a world in which we hit October and Jace is close to $200, even with the Masters 25 reprint. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it's a possibility. And Ed disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Ed was just so upset by my commentary that he took off. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, I, I like everyone's worried that Jace could be too expensive. I think it's definitely a possibility, but. Ultimately, in time, he's going to be like Tarmogoyf. They're going to just print him enough times that it's going to eventually make it not worth that much money. Like, I don't think that Wizards of the Coast has a problem with like $50 chase rares or mythics in decks, but as long as there's not too many of them, I think they do have a problem when there's more, they're over $100 because that, that's like actually negative, negatively impacts the people's ability to play decks. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. Like, I don't think he's going to be. You know, if the worst things come to fruition and he's, you know, whatever, $200 in August, I don't think that's permanent. And I, I for sure, they will print him again. This is more just like a midterm type thing where he's super good and they didn't get enough copies in the market yet, but they will. 
So eventually he will be $60 again. Right. All right. So next on our list to talk about, uh, we got a bunch of new products announced, right? Between last week and this week. Uh, yes, those were announced fairly recently, but I don't have the list up. Does anybody else? I don't have it up right this <laughs> second. This is uh, good planning. Well, uh, Ed was our was our planner, and he wrote all these sweet things for our uh, for our, to talk about, but then didn't put any links to anything, so I don't have it open. Mm. So I I think without getting into like necessary specific dates, we can kind of talk about the nature of them. I think first we have Battle Bond and Commander Anthologies two. I believe they're coming out in, at the beginning of June. The, so I think all the events were coming out in a row. Battle um, Bond, Signature Spellbook Jace, Commander 2018, and Commander Anthology 2. Correct. So Battle Bond and Commander Anthology come out on June 8th. So, I just, so just kind of fill people in. Uh, Commander Anthology 2 is fairly self-explanatory. Uh, Battle Bond is kind of the new thing here. I think it's it very much falls in the kind of the same vein as Unstable, because predecessors before them, in that it's meant to be kind of a a fun casual format. It's I believe the way Gavin uh, Verhey, the way, uh, when he wrote about it last week on the Mothership, he described it as a two-headed giant S format. I think that was kind of that was my interpretation of it. Uh, he did, there wasn't really much else that was said, um, so I, I the I think that kind of is a good. I don't know if it's meant to be played with, uh, kind of in conjunction with Commander, but it it, um, it seems like kind of their own take on these draft centric uh, formats. Um, that, that they've kind of been doing like sporadically over the years. That was kind of how I, how I interpreted it. I, I think it's just really the replacement for conspiracy this year. Like, I don't think they're going to make a conspiracy set. This is like a slightly different, but still like draft focused booster set that has weird things that work in multiplayer. <laughs> like that's how I'm looking at this. Does that sound, that sound reasonable. I, I, I think that's kind of the same idea. Con, like, con, I think conspiracy, there were some cool things with like the. Um, I uh, the that, yourself. There were cool things. The cards that were sent. There are cool things with the cards that were sent around drafting. Like if you draft this, reveal it face up, and you either get an extra draft pick or like the conspiracies. But I don't know how popular those were among players. Mainly, I think it was one of those things where it's cool to fire drafts for like one or two weeks, but after doing conspiracy like once or twice, it just kind of feels like the novelty of it wore off. So I think maybe this is kind of a different twist. Like how can we do a draft centric format, but make it appeal in a different way? That, that kind of is what it feels like to me, mainly because it never felt like conspiracy were ever really successful. Like obviously there were some cards, the first conspiracy, like the big card was deck fade. And that was, that card was a huge winner for a while until it got reprinted eternal masters uh, Leovold was the kind of the big winner in Conspiracy 2. Um, even though we've kind of seen some other, uh, I guess, more narrow cards pop up, like Expropriate has kind of exploded for a little while. It's still. Silvala is very expensive. It's a lot of the mythics. Yep. Yep. Um, but it, it never felt like any, like either of the sets were particularly exciting. I believe you, it, uh, 
conspiracies who just went out of print, like officially went out of print, you were able to order them through Wizard Direct for quite a while. But I just it didn't really feel like that many people were there's just any demand for it. So hopefully Battle Bond is a little bit better. Um again it, it just kind of matter it, it'll just come down to how they spoil it or how they advertise it. If it if it can be used in conjunction with like, you know, Commander, which is kind of the flagship multiplayer uh format for Wizards, it might be more of a success, but um it's it's a little bit too early to say. Mainly because we don't really have any information other than, you know, whatever they've given us in their little announcement day. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I'd be most interested to see if they take all of the Drafts Matters stuff out so that you could do Sealed Deck with it. Because Two-Headed Giant Sealed is, like, pretty popular. It's it's kind of a very casual format that pretty much anyone can get, get into. Um, you know, a lot of my pre-releases, the Two-Headed Giant one's always full. So it's definitely something that a lot of people enjoy. Um, you know, there's side events at Grand Prix and stuff like that, but I don't know. I, I'm not, we don't have a lot of information about it at this point. We just have like some snippets of like what it could be. Man, did anyone expect Silvala to be like one of the chase cards out of Conspiracy 2? Wasn't that like $2 when the set came out? Uh, I think it was. I liked it, but like I like a lot of crappy green cards, so I didn't buy nearly as many of them as I probably should have was uh surprising i think to say the least yeah it's it's definitely like one of those weird cards that probably was like people didn't realize how good it was until they played with it and then they played with it and then then they saw their friends play with it and then they're like oh man this card's actually busted it's like one of those slow slow burn kind of things apparently so uh the next thing we'll talk about i guess is the commander anthologies which I'm going to assume that they're different decks this time. Um, and they're not going to be a reprint of any of the ones that were in the last one. But I feel like there's some weird stuff going on here. Because the um, the commander decks usually have three commanders, right? They have like two new ones and a reprint for most of them. But this says that it comes with 13 foil commanders, which means that one of them has four. Which, if I'm remembering correctly, the only ones that have four were the most recent ones, right? Like, the the Dragon's deck has four. The the five-color Dragon's deck. So they might actually be reprinting ones from the most recent um, set that came out. Which is a little weird. Like it, it's it's not. It doesn't tell you a ton of information. I haven't done all the research. I just realized this right now when I was reading the, rereading the announcement. This is thirteen foil commanders, which means that one of them has four and the other three have three. And for the most part, they've done two reprints and a, and a, and a new, or two new ones and a reprint. But with the dragons deck, well, with the with the tribal decks, they did all new ones. But the dragon deck had a reprint in Scion of the Ur Dragon. Uh, did Commander 2 on 16, did it not have four commanders in it? Was it not the four-color one, and then there were two partner ones, and then there was another four-color one? Or am I just completely mistaken? No, actually, that also had four. That also had four. Okay. It had two, okay. two enemy-color partners and a allied-color partner, and then the four-color commander. So that one also had four. So maybe it's those instead. Okay. That's probably That makes more sense, actually. Okay. So it kind of seems like a tracks that would, in theory, be a lock for that one. If, yeah, if my, my guess is... My, my guess is it's going to be the Mimeoplasm deck from the first one, 
the Azuri deck from, or the Nivix, Nivix, I think is it, the blue red or the blue green deck from the second one, from the, for the uh, enemy color ones. Atraxa is probably a lock, and then probably some white deck. I don't know, maybe the Nahiri deck. Oh, God, do I have to get rid of my Nivix? Wait, Mizix's Masteries? Uh, maybe. I mean, at this point, we don't know what decks they could be, but I have to imagine that the, they're going to reprint Atraxa. They're going to reprint one. Like They're for sure doing Atraxa, I'm pretty sure. Then they're probably going to do one from the first set, and then one three-color one, and then maybe one two-color one, but... I'm not 100%. Like, obviously, we don't know any information, but based on the popularity of the decks, I would guess that either the mono-white deck or one of the three-color decks from uh, the ally, the, the shard decks is going to get reprints. And from my experience, like, if, if you're holding on to old product out there, they generally don't get cheaper, especially if you have, like, if you have sealed decks from some of these older sets. Um, I, people like them mainly because a lot of them do play very well out of the box, as as odd as that sounds. Um, so the, like the sealed ones, especially if the box looks nice, they tend they still tend to sell very well. Uh, especially if you look like on Amazon or whatever, most of them are quite expensive. Granted, selling on Amazon, I guess we could talk about that in a different episode. I don't really want to get into it, but selling on Amazon is quite lucrative. I don't think it's a a secret. Um, anymore among uh, a lot of people who, um, among the bigger vendors, I think it's starting to catch on that, like if you have a Crystal Commerce account selling through Amazon, is very good. Um, but there are still plenty of casual players out there who shop exclusively through Amazon. And if you kind of if you kind of shop around for some of these older products, like they still do fetch quite a bit of money. Um, so if you're looking to move them, the vendor, if you look for vendors at Grand Prix or whatever, or if you want to email them directly, that do sell through Amazon, most of them will pay pretty aggressively for uh, old Commander Sealed decks, mainly because, again, they do very well, and Amazon is more or less the perfect market for these casual players that don't necessarily care to go to, like, Star Sea or TC player. They just kind of go straight to Amazon for their uh, casual needs. I, I do want to point out that you're completely correct. Old Sealed product will still hold its value even if it's reprinted in these Commander things, but the singles will not. It will beat the snot up out of the singles. Uh, so your sealed Heavenly Inferno is great. A Heavenly Inferno that you cracked, those singles are are rough. I mean, look at Scavenging News, right? So just keep that in mind um, that if you've got singles of any of that stuff floating around, you do not want to be holding on to those. And these Commander reprints come around. Like the Commander Anthology uh, will catch you off guard every time. It will have one card that you forgot was in a commander deck from part, some particular year, and you will get hosed on it. Uh, so just be careful about that, too. Yeah, if you're, like, randomly sitting on some deep glow skates or Atraxas, this is not not the, the product that you want to wait to come out to sell those. You probably want to get rid of them beforehand. Yep, very good point. I think most of those... You should be able to turn over pretty quickly, mainly because the the demand for a commander is just it. Commander is the type of thing that it's not seasonal, right? People who play commander, especially the people who play commander exclusively, like Jim, I think he'll probably test that. If he wants a card, he's just gonna buy it. There's no real sense in waiting, um, especially if like you know if they play commander every week. There's no point in waiting for a card that they know they'll play week in week out as. You know, assuming their card doesn't get banned or the deck doesn't get banned or they don't want to change their deck or whatever. 
Um, so if you have a surplus of them, just sell it. They turn over very fast, especially if you got it in like some collection or whatever. Very, very easy to just make money on those, move on. That way you're not kind of holding the bottom of the barrel once. Because like I think uh, Travis said, once they do announce the sets, the singles themselves will drop. Uh, especially if like Attracts or something. Attracts is, I think it's like what, like pushing $20, $22 somewhere in there. Um, like that will certainly drop mainly because we'll have people who if if it mirrors my experience from the previous commander anthologies, there were a lot of people who were wanting like one or two decks out of the full set, and then they were either happy to just uh, trade back in the extra commander decks that they didn't want, they'd like piece them out, or they would find a way to split the commander anthology box among one or two other players. Um, and just the just kind of the amount of those extra decks just entering back in the market, it 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 will just definitely make the singles tank. So. Um, if you're not using any of the, those commander singles and you do suspect that it might get reprint, now is probably the kind of time to just start thinking, okay, like if I then like it's probably worth getting rid of. Um, and then you can just rebuy it once the set comes out. Yep, that's that pretty much covers that, I think. That topic. Uh, they also announced that they're doing commander decks, commander 2018 is coming out in August. Uh, it's four decks with 12 foil commanders. There is no other real information about this. Um, what I will say, though, is going forward, there will only be four commander decks because uh, basically their market research shows that the most common uh, group size for commander is four, which makes a lot of sense because getting a table for five people is like kind of annoying. Like, either you can't... like. The people, if you do like a square table, you can't like the two people on the ends can't see each other, and uh, that just ends up being the easiest to uh, to play with. So, I would expect going forward they will only have four commander decks, which is good, I think. Uh, and then the last thing that they announced is a, a spiritual successor to the From the Vault series, which I believe means that they are just replacing the From the Vault series with this called the Signature Spellbook series, which should have, um, what does it say, one foil and eight cards that fit in that Planeswalker's identity. So the first one is Jace, uh, much to everyone's surprise. So what do you think is in this? Like, I'm, I'm expecting, like, is it going to be, like, a foil Planeswalker card and then, like, eight cards with the guy in the art or the girl or whatever? I'm not quite understanding what they're going for here. Uh, I, I was looking at these announcements. Like, granted, I was like reading it at the airport, whatever. So I was kind of speed reading everything. Um, so I I feel like I'm not fully informed on here, but it feels like they're intentionally trying to be vague. I think their target, the way I interpreted it, was talking to some of the retailers with all these things. It seems like the biggest concern is like, okay, they're coming out with a huge list of products that are coming out within a relatively close time span of each other, which in the past we've discussed, like it creates wallet fatigue, especially for people like, okay, I have to go out and spend money on, you know, product A, product B is coming out like a month later, product C is coming out a month later, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just causing, it's just causing a lot of difficulty for both stores and players for stores because, okay, we have to tie up, X amount of dollars for this product. We have to be able to turn that product over in order to pay for the next product, which comes out, you know, a month later or whatever. 
Um, so like it puts a lot of strain on like pre-orders, kind of getting your money, being able to allocate your money properly so you can spend it. And in turn, that kind of trickles down to the smaller, like the smaller, lower level of just players or just, you know, your regular FM type player. It's like, okay, where can I put my money? Because, you know, you previously had like, you know, let's say your allowance was like $100 of like free money that you could kind of play around with however, whatever you want to spend it on. And now you have to spread that much more thinly because you have so many more products coming out. And the way I would interpret it was maybe not every product is meant for every type of player. Um, like the commander decks, obviously, like that's very geared towards commander players, casual players, whatever. Maybe it's possible that these signature spellbook type things aren't necessarily meant towards that. Maybe it's meant towards like a newer player, but we already have Planeswalkers decks that kind of fall in that slot. And I think what were they replacing them with some other type of deckers? I I can't remember. I'm I'm dead. Um, I was at Pokemon event this weekend. We left like St. Louis at three in the morning. I got back. We drove back to. Catskill, and then I've been working all day. Um, so someone might help me out here. I know, like, I'm sure we'll look at the calendar again and kind of revisit this topic, mainly because there are a lot of products coming out. But it, it feels like Wizards kind of wants to hit the 25th anniversary much harder than they have kind of hit these milestones in the past. Um, for those of you who don't remember, like, uh, the 20th anniversary, the big thing was from the Vault 20. But it kind of felt like that was a flop, mainly because they didn't really do anything else that was exciting. Uh, I know they kind of got a lot of flack for that. So maybe this year is kind of the year where there's all kinds of products. Like there's like Arena coming in that's scheduled to come out later this year. That's obviously meant towards probably the more like competitive, uh, you know, like Grand Prix PTQ oriented grinder. There's like more products for just kind of your casual kitchen table or FM level player. Um, so maybe this spell book kind of falls into that level. Like, not the super competitive grinder, but more than just your kitchen uh, type player. I'm not really sure. That would kind of be my hypothesis. That seems like it would make the most marketing sense, but who knows what Wizards thinks anymore. Well, did you say that it's designed to replace or, you know, be the spiritual successor to FTVs? One of you said that. Was it Jim? Yeah, that, that's that's what the article says. It's supposed to be the spiritual successor to the Fumble Vault series. Well, which that, so that pretty much tells us what it is, right? Like, you're going to get probably up the planeswalker like you're we're going to expect the foiling that you see in the ftv series which means it sucks you're probably going to get the planeswalker um and then i would in one of their versions um and then you'll get one probably like banner or chase card so for instance maybe they'll do a jace one i don't know if they're going to do jace the mind sculptor as the front card on it they could um, but then I would expect the other eight cards to not be as good. But if you, you know, if they do Jace Bellerin or something like that as the as a headline card, then maybe their chase card is like monitoring with Jace art. Basically, like I think they're just gonna pick eight cards that they can commission art for that show the planeswalker doing that thing and then print those. Right. So it'll be like, and you'll have you'll have a variation in prices. So you might get Jace Bellerin is like the the planeswalker at the front of the deck. They might give you like a uh, monodrain with Jace Art as like the chase card. Then there'll be like a monoleak. There'll be a dispel. There'll be like, and then you'll have the stuff on the real low end, like the <laughs> Jace with some of that stuff from SOI, you know, Jace's ingenuity or stuff like things nobody cares about. 
or like a mill card, you know, that someone finds interesting type of thing. Um, so those types of effects. And then like maybe one or two cards sort of in the middle at like five or $10, maybe $20 type of thing. It'll be a limited run. They're going to hope that it sells over MSRP, but if it's FTV annihilation, it won't. Right. So like, I would expect that to generally be the space these will occupy. Well, that's important that I, I probably mentioned that the MSRP for this is only $20. It's $19.99, not $34.99. So it feels more like to me, it's supposed to be like a replacement for their gift box that they tried to do. Remember they tried to do that weird gift box where they had the foil Karizev and the Metalwork Colossus and those basic lands and some booster packs? Like it tried to look like the Pokemon boxes, but like didn't have a chase like it didn't have a face card that people cared about the signature spellbook series could just be like supposed to be like your walmart like planeswalker box that people buy or like the Yu-Gi-Oh tins where they have like one card that's really expensive that they want to bring down in price and then a bunch of other cards that don't matter right yeah i mean that's possible too like they could go with that direction and just make this a cards we're trying to get people to buy type of thing they could i mean you know you figure it, they cut the msrp from ft ftvs were what 35 msrp right yep. right around there and then this is 20 it's also half the number of cards so like the numbers kind of line up with them basically giving you a half of an ftv i don't know i yeah you wake it either way and the only reason i think they're going to put money cards in it is because they said it's a spiritual successor to ftvs which is that was the whole point of those things was like a delivery mechanism for expensive cards that they could do cool. And they also wanted to give a treat to the uh, local stores. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. There's like I said, not a ton of information about any of these products in particular, but it's just we want to touch on all of them. Um, and then the last product that they announced was the Chinese market specific Planeswalker decks that were also going to get in English. So there's like two planeswalkers that are like obviously Chinese planeswalkers. Um, they have the names, and that's like pretty much it. I don't I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about that. It sounds like it's going to be like some weird P3K style stuff where like they're gonna be Chinese themed, but mostly just regular magic cards. Did we get that many details? Are the planeswalkers? different they are two brand new planeswalkers their names are jiang yanggu and mu yanling so they're like planeswalkers that don't previously exist and are very obviously chinese <laughs> okay i guess that's i mean it's just the same thing as p3k where like all of the names mm -hmm. of all the legendary creatures were chinese names so mm -hmm. this doesn't really surprise me that they have those names no it's fine i don't see a problem with it it does feel like I can't decide if that's like pandering. It feels a little weird, but whatever. I mean, Chinese people deserve to see their names on cards too. So, so sure. I, I, I think this is more. Maybe they're trying to push, in particular, like the Chinese market. Um, I know, like it's one of those things where they've done very well in China with uh, like Chinese cards. I think, um. It, like I think just the past few trends it suggests like it's one of the bigger markets, especially if you know we see uh like the few past few Mars sets, Eternal Masters, Iconic Masters, uh Masters twenty five is coming up. If you look at them, the languages are available are English, Japanese, and Chinese. Um it suggests that they're doing pretty well. 
Uh, I think last week we saw it was on Reddit somewhere. Someone had posted that the um, there are treasure tokens that have the uh, like the money tree. Um, there's like a unique money tree art. They were distributed in like these red, like the red Chinese envelopes for the new year as like good luck charms. Those were distributed only in Taiwan and like I think at least one other place. Taiwan number one. Which it which is uh, kind of interesting to me that they would do this mainly because I think they did receive a bit of original backlash years ago um, when they kind of first did this with uh, first APAC lands, which were um, I don't know if I have one sitting around, but they were a set of five lands that were um, that had art that represent different places in Asia. So you've probably seen like Mount Fuji as a mountain, the Great Wall of China on the plains. That was kind of the original APAC. And the way people got that was people in the Asia Pacific region, uh, Japan, Southeast Asia, Australia, et cetera, they could redeem it by buying booster boxes and then submitting, I think it was like a, a rebate form and they, uh, the UPC code on the box and they would randomly mail you one of these. And then sometime later, I think the very next block, they did it for uh, Euro. So you had like the uh, the Netherlands uh, windmill plains. That's the most famous one. Venice uh, as an island. That's the other one that's kind of big. And that was really like the last time they did these region-centric type of products. So it's kind of interesting that they're bringing it back. I wonder if that means that maybe we'll see, you know, a few more of these things kind of roll out over the course of the year. So, you know, maybe it starts with like these, you know, Asian like, Chinese, whatever centric products, but there might be more coming. Who knows? Well, it's a, it's a little hollow, right? Like that's it doesn't feel wrong. Just feels like so shallow and like clearly what they're shooting for, and it just makes you feel a little icky. But I wonder if we'll get a Mount Rushmore planes, <laughs> something like that. I would find that hard to believe. Unless it has like Jace, Gideon, Chandra, and Liliana on it as the faces. So they can uh, use cultural landmarks to sell their cards, but then also deface them with their crummy brand. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think that might be a bit much, but I think like it would be kind of neat to see uh, like the the APAC Euro S-Clans. Like Mount Rushmore might be a bit much, but I can see like, yeah, I don't know. Grand Canyon Mountain. Yeah, I, I think I think that's well within reason. Uh, you know, that would be cool. That'd definitely be something to bring back. So, but who knows? I I think despite like despite it sounds like like we're just kind of like shitting on a lot of these product like products that are coming out. I do think a lot of these will come out better better than expected. I think this is kind of the first year where kind of the sweeping policy changes in Wizards like might be starting to take effect with like their new. Uh, with their uh, new CEO that they brought on uh, from Microsoft. I think that's kind of like, yes, yes. Kind of like, that's kind of the big push. Like we'll have to see how arena plays out. Hopefully there's like some philosophy um, and design changes that will kind of, you know, unroll into like these new products they're trying out. So who knows, who knows? We'll just have to kind of wait and see mainly because again, this is all purely speculation. We just have, you know, no information other than like the name and whatever tiny little blurb they wrote. They wrote uh, in their announcement uh, article. We don't actually know anything about anything. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before we move on, and then we're going to immediately move on. 
do these decks, these Chinese Planeswalker decks, bring back horsemanship, yes or no? No. Nah, they're just reskins of cards that already exist. I also agree. I don't think it's coming back. I don't think they're going to redo it. They're just going to have flying. All right, so what is the next topic on our list, Ed? Uh, how about pick of the week and then wrapping it up because it's 10 after 8. That is a good idea. Let's do pick of the week. So, Ed, uh, what's your pick of the week this week? Uh, I picked this a little bit before, so I feel like I'm cheating a little bit. But it, You are. Uh, well, okay. Oh, regardless of what Travis says. Uh, Carnage Tyrant uh, is my pick. Um, it's kind of in a weird spot because it's. it seems like it just refuses to go down, even though it's kind of fallen off the map. We saw it briefly when Teamer Energy was... Uh, I shouldn't say it's infancy, but when Blue Black was more of a deck and Carnage Tyrant was kind of the perfect foil to uh, like the Blue Black control decks. Um, and that was kind of the breakout for it. It was as high as like thirty, like $25 to $30. It's kind of fallen. Um, there was a point where it's like 8 to $10, and now it seems like it's kind of rebounding. Part of this, and I've noticed this across the board as, as well, is that Ixalan cards are kind of drying up in supply in terms of singles, as odd as that sounds. But from my perspective and my rationale is that people aren't exactly opening Ixalan boxes the way they were previously opening up, up like Kaladesh boxes or like Battle for Zenicar boxes, mainly because Masterpieces were such a big part of what was driving those uh, singles because the spread on them was so high incentivize people to open up a lot of boxes to try and mitigate well okay i opened up a crappy masterpiece in this case like eventually i'll hit like the money like the soul ring the scouting tarn whatever um but without that the um the values of exelon rivals exelon they're much more flat you don't have the super expensive card but you're not opening complete crap either which was kind of the case with some of uh some of the other masterpiece uh centric boxes um and because people aren't just like busting boxes by the pallet anymore, it's actually kind of causing a weird like supply constraint. Like right now, um, like when I looked uh, on a Crystal Commerce account, we have very few Ixalan singles actually in stock. Um, and it's getting kind of hard to get them, mainly because people are holding on to them. Standard is, which we haven't talked about actually, but Standard is kind of like in a sweet spot, mainly because the modern Pro Tour it kind of felt like it kind of overshadowed what standard was mainly because they had the original announcement with the bannings where they, they banned, you know, pieces of energy, they banned parts of mono red, but we haven't really seen like a premier standard event that would allow people to kind of play with standard more and kind of experiment more, uh, mainly because the results have kind of been contained in moto. Um, and back to my original point, it's it's getting kind of hard to get Ixalan cards now, uh, especially online. If you look online, Star City is out of stock of Carnage Tyrant at seventeen ninety nine. There are not very many sellers um, on TC Player that have an abundance of Carnage Tyrants. You have a lot of small, small time vendors. But if you if you click the checkbox that filters anything by four or more, in order to buy a place of Carnage Tyrants from one vendor, you're actually paying quite a bit. Um, so. It, it, I, I'm not really sure what to make of that. Again, I think it's kind of a supply constraint. Um, and we're kind of at the point where people are starting to look at rotation, even though you know we're still six months out. We're kind of starting to hit the point where 
people are starting to dump their uh, Kaladesh Amicat block cards. We'll start to see those probably go down in value not too long. And then we're at the point where it's going to be uh, getting hard to get more Ixalan cards again, mainly because people are past the point where they're opening them. And once Dominaria comes out in two months, once people stop drafting Ixalan block entirely, it's going to be really hard to like start getting these singles, and I expect most of them to start creeping up again. So card tyrants. We we could be out of Ixalan drafting in three weeks. Like once Masters twenty five comes out, if it's in abundance and it's fun to draft, people might not just draft Ixalan anymore. Yep. Uh, so my pick this week is a very Ed pick. It's a masterpiece pithing needle. Um, that card kind of had like a spike. It had like a buyout for a while, and then it kind of slowly settled. And it's about fifty dollars, fifty to sixty dollars right now. Um, my gut feeling is that some number of people are going to start putting a lot of needles in their sideboard because of the abundance of planeswalkers that they're expecting to see. Needles very good against the Lantern deck. Needles very good against Jace decks. Needles good against Liliana. There's a lot of things that that like you know you can name Raging Ravine. I think you can name lands, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can name lands. Just activated abilities. Uh, activated abilities and sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're man abilities. So yeah, yeah you, can name, you can name fetch you can name fetch lands, you can name man lands. Like there are a lot of cards that needles are very good against, and people that have all foil decks are going to want to buy the masterpiece <laughs> ones. Those are the chase of the chase that are the best possible. Uh, the reason why I don't suggest the regular ones is because there's just a ton of printings of it and. At $2, like maybe you should probably buy your set or $3 or however much they cost. You could buy them if you want to play with them, but if you're buying them specifically to speculate on them, I think that the Masterpiece ones are the most likely to see the largest returns and the easiest to move. I'm kind of lazy. I don't want to I don't want to sell like 100 copies of Needle. I'd rather sell like 10 Masterpieces or whatever. <coughs> Pissy Needle? Okay, I do... I remember looking at that card recently when i was trying to pick some stuff so i don't i don't think it's a bad idea um i'm gonna get super spicy for our listeners here super spicy uh with the caveat that if you get burned it's not my fault you were warned but ari lax pointed out on twitter today that there's a card called untadake the cloud keeper which is a land from Kamigawa, comes into play tapped, and it taps for two mana that you can only use to cast legendary spells. This saw a fleeting moment in the sun when Planeswalkers were made legendary a couple couple months ago, a year ago, whatever, uh, died back down since then. But with Jace's return in modern, it's kind of interesting again, right? Because it's a, it's a land that taps for two that powers out Jace and other Planeswalkers and other legendary permanents. I have no idea where to put this card. I don't know if it's useful. I don't know if it's better than Noble Hierarch. I don't know if it will ever do anything. But it is a Champions of Kamigawa Rare with no other printings. It has utility in EDH. In fact, let's take a quick look. While I'm thinking about it, Untaidake, card no one will ever type correctly on their first try. It's about 500 card decks in EDH, so not a tremendous amount. Uh, but it's interesting. It's interesting because the supply is so wildly low compared to anything else you'll see. So if anyone figures this card out, prices are going to skyrocket, uh, especially if it ends up as like a three or a four of in a deck. It'd be a weird deck. I mean, we're talking like Amulet of Vigor weird type of deck, 
but he could easily that so i don't want to say double up i don't want to say quintuple up what would it be for 10 times up Deck up, deca up, like deca you, up. Could, you could easily increase your profit ten times over. If this is good, not making any promises, just throwing it out there to put it on your radar. It's an interesting card to know about. That is, uh, yeah, definitely something I forgot about. I might purchase one myself for uh, my Planeswalker deck that I decided not to purchase one for because, like. When that got spoiled, it went to like $12 or something stupid. And I was like, nah, I'm not about that life. All right. So uh, those are some good picks. Um, where can we find you guys? Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something, Ed? Yeah. One thing I might add that I actually didn't know before someone mentioned it to me is that with Masters 25, it was kind of tucked away the announcement, but there they said that there will be at least one card from every set in Magic's history being represented in Masters 25. I think that was kind of where they talked about how uh, the watermarks from the original Magic set were going to be on almost every single card. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of interesting. I think th- that would that I think that kind of gives hints, as it were, to what we might expect to see again. Um, I do expect that there will be some like scouring of like set lists. Obviously, like you can kind of speculate like what some easier targets are. Um, like we, you know, like what does it say if we see Stoneforge Mystic be reprinted in the set? Like we know World uh, World Wake will already contain Jace, right? Like there might only be one, but it you start having you know some interesting conversations. Like without going into too much detail, since I know we want to wrap up here, um, World Wake uh, Jace. I feel like they had intended to put Jace in the set, and they at the same time what that was going to happen, they had in. They had meant to unban Jace, and that was going to be one of the big sellers, which suggests to me that maybe Bloodbraid Elf was will also be in the set. So, what happens when we start seeing cards like you know Green Sun Zenith as a Mirrodin Besieged card currently on the ban list, not terribly expensive with the EMA reprint, but like what if Green Sun Zenith is on there? What if Stoneforge Mystic on there? That kind of opens up new avenues for maybe Wizards to be more aggressive about unbanning cards in Modern. Which is something that the community has kind of called for for some time, mainly because unbanning seems to create more diversity in the format than banning cards do. Um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out this time. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, who knows, right? But I think like the the tidbit of one card from every set will be represented in in Masters Twenty Five. That definitely is something to think about. Like, it's probably worth scouring over some old sets. Like, my pick of the weeks might, I might actually start doing that myself. Like, thinking, like, okay, what might come up in this set that's worth reprinting? And obviously, the reprints, so, they'll take the hit. And then what doesn't get reprinted will probably skyrocket in value across these sets. So, so which card in, in beta do you think is that wasn't an alpha that you think it's going to reprint? Is it going to be a Volcanic Island or Circle of Protection Black? Could be Lightning Bolt. I, I was trying to make a bad joke about there's only two different two cards different between alpha and beta. Oh, <clears throat> and if they want to use the like set symbol for each of those cards, like which ones do you choose that are from alpha and which ones do you choose that are from beta? <laughs> yeah, everyone's curious to see what set symbols are going to pick for those, right? You have <clears throat> alpha, beta, chronicles, unlimited, revised. You've got several without set icons. I yeah, mean, I guess like, they're. Do they even count chronicles? That's a reprint set, right? I don't know. I we don't know. 
um i guess i guess we do have symbols for them because if you go to gatherer they still have they have symbols listed like they made symbols for those sets yeah. They're not very good but they made them right well we'll see all right to wrap this up uh my name is jim Nassau. you can find me on twitter at phrost underscore <laughs> i am always joined by my lovely co-host ed where can people find you uh i'm on twitter at edwin 13 um I will not be in Memphis this weekend, so sorry, Jeremy. I will be in Madrid in two weeks after that. And I'm Travis Allen. If I don't die, I will be on Twizzard. I am on Twitter. Twizzard. I'm on Twizzard. I'm on Twitter at Wizard Bumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. I write every Monday on MTG Price with the Watchtower series, and you can also find me on the other podcast, uh, MTG Fast Finance. All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time.